Hello, and welcome back to the next episode of the Avoid Crisis podcast. My name's Ray Arellano, and I'm with my co-host, Alan Plyler. Hey, Alan. Hey, Ray. How are you doing? Um, good to see you again. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I uh, survived the September 15th uh, tax filing deadline and uh, got a little sleep on that weekend and a hike, and I'm raring this week and getting lots done. So good to see you. Good to see you. I'm glad you got through that September 15th deadline. And, uh, you know, you got April 15th coming not that far from now, right? Uh, October 15th. That's right. October 15th. October 15th is, uh, and right April 15th. Is, yeah. All Hopefully right. some so, of these uh, will fall on a weekend or something so you get an extra day. Well, the 15th is a Sunday. That's why the official deadline is the 16th of October this year. And isn't that uh, also kind of when certain payments are going to be due? And remember you said that in California there's a delay and then... There, there's a there's a ton of that. I'll, let me jump into that in a second. I want to just uh, talk to our listeners, and we're not going to talk about tax today, um, but it is on top of us. So I'll make a quick mention in a minute. This episode is the third of three parts about the market benefiters due to AI. So we're going to jump into that in a second, Alan. I do want to I do want to cover your point. We're going to do the disclaimer in a second. We can go back to the cover. Uh, senior producer all right right on um but you're right alan that there's a lot out for the benefit of our listeners there's a bunch of deadlines that are going to hit on october the 16th so for all the taxpayers in the 44 counties of california that are affected by the federal disaster your all your returns are due for 2022 all the payments are due for 2022 which would normally be due by april 15th as well as the 2023 Q1, Q2, and Q3 estimated payments are all going to be due on October 16th. So there's a bunch of catch. And then, you know, no penalties or anything if you wait till then, but you don't wait any longer. So there is a bunch of stuff that's going to happen then, and, and it's a big wave coming. So there you go. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Ray, because, um, you know, it's real easy to not think so much about the taxes if you already have filed if you need to file because you have an extension october 15th important date there but the the main one is make sure that if you did take advantage of not making estimated payments that you get those in um so that you don't have a penalty so that's right i think with that then um you know i just want to make sure we that because we did talk about that in prior podcast and i know a lot of the things that we've mentioned in prior podcasts uh, have a way of servicing later we seem to be on on the front end of this, and so another one was you know, finally, the uh, the Fed determined today to raise interest rates, which we've been calling for. I know you've been calling for uh, for Mr. Powell to take an exit, and uh, that hasn't happened yet. But a uh, big day with interest rates. But I think today we're going to focus on this third of, of the series here on the AI benefiters in the market. And let me tell you, this was one of the ones that uh, I did a lot of work on, and, and we talked about this to just a, a lot of research on why. And we'll talk about why. It's not an obvious why on this one, but it's really important because they are really sitting in, in a very coveted bird's nest of an opportunity. And uh, so we're going to jump into it. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's go through it. You want to handle the disclaimer here? Um, this so, right. so, sounds good. So I'll do disclaimer first. You'll do criteria second. Um, you know, we're not avoid podcast, avoid crisis podcast 
Alan or myself, we're not providing investment advice. We know of no connections between what we're going to say here and how it's going to influence markets or market participants. Each listener needs to make their own choices. Any risk taken is, is solely your decision. We highly recommend that you do the full avoid crisis model, which is analyze, decide, act. And analyze is gathering data. This is only step one. Before you get to step three, you got to complete your analysis. So disclaimer, no investment advice. Alan, what's our criteria for how we picked AI benefiters in the marketplace? Well, first of all, they're going to have to be a publicly traded company. And so the ones that we ended up uh, discussing previously were uh, Roblox and Shopify. Today is a public company as well. It uh, cannot be at an all-time high or near that all-time high. It's got to be easy to understand how AI benefits the company. And then it really has to have the potential to reward the investors as AI is adopted within their existing business model. With those criteria, we started to uh, look at different items. Um, one of the things to be aware of is just that AI is the new disruptor. You know, if you want to have less risky investing, you're not going to go with a single name kind of a viewpoint. But, um, you know, you're going to look at index funds, ETFs, mutual funds, maybe even sector funds. But if you do go with a single stock um, and you're going to look at, then you want to make sure you do your research. And high returns are going to come from being ahead of the crowd. Now, obviously, this is a new IPO. This is a company that's been out there, so it has volatility up and down. But one of the big drivers of their future is going to be related to AI. And AI is predicted to both eliminate and create jobs. And I think we're seeing that already. Uh, we're seeing a lot of changes in job uh, needs and how businesses are describing what their needs are. And what you're seeing is an AI component coming up again and again. They want familiarity with AI. They want you to have some sort of awareness of how to use the tools because they're going to be adopting tools and you're going to see AI in the corporate work environment more and more. Certain companies are going to benefit from the uh, AI adoption, some more than others. And one of the things we're looking at here is that we want to make sure that they have a high number of users that have high engagement with their products. Uh, their demographics have to have a proven spend and there needs to be a barrier to entry. Uh, that has to be present. So for our benefiter today, we're going to talk about um, some of the elements that they have that can be aware of. One, um, Berkshire Hathaway actually invested in this uh, stock before its IPO. So that's a pretty good signal. Um, they're a cloud data provider and they have a plug and play system. So it's not beholden to a single cloud ecosystem. That's what you would have if you were dealing with Amazon and Microsoft. So you can scratch those names off of who this is. Um, the estimated addressable market by 2026 is supposed to be somewhere around 248 billion. I actually think it's gonna be higher than that. The expected 2024 annual revenue growth is over 34%. Now what's interesting about this company is because of their year end ending, um, in 2023, they're already in 2024 fiscal. So they're saying that they believe that in the current environment, they're going to be growing at 34% in their revenue. Um, they're also committed to investing in AI initiatives to improve their position in the AI race. What I liked about that was that they understand that this is a race and that you have to spend to get ahead. So uh, stock performance, all-time high, 429 
Uh, the 52-week high for them, 193.94. Closing price uh, just a few days ago here, yesterday, 159.74. Any ideas here? Products allow integration and analytics data sets. They provide storage of structured and unstructured data in one location. So think cloud, okay? Um, one of the things about this is as other companies and their customers are adopting AI workloads, you're going to see a tailwind for the company because as those data sets continue to increase, this company is going to be storing that data and allowing analytics through their platform software um, on this data. Um, also, the company has a strategy that's based on this understanding that AI is going to be ubiquitous in the same way, manner as search today. So right now, everyone knows about search. Everyone knows I can go, I can go to Bing, I can go to DuckDuckGo, whatever, and do search. In the future, there's going to be AI tools that are going to be just as easy for you to use that's going to help you in whatever information you're trying to gather and also help you as an assistant. So their whole strategy is saying that AI is going to be big, really, really big. They're seeing it in their customers and their platforms allowing their customers to take advantage of AI and AI tools and AI analytics. Uh, who do you think this is? Uh, well, I, I have a little insight into this. Um, come back to that in a second. I, I, as I was listening to this, you know who was starting to come to mind was a lot of the security companies, like say a Norton mm -hmm. or a Barracuda, somebody like that. Now they don't control the data, you know. Uh, so I, it, it, this description doesn't quite fit them, but certainly AI would help in that in that segment. Um, on this one, I happen to know this company because I spotted them about a year ago, and what they offer and how they offer it, I thought was just super powerful and amazing. They have great revenue growth. Um, they haven't crossed the profitability side yet, but um, their customers are very sticky. They have very low churn on their customer base, which is super important. Um, and uh, should you, you want me to do the reveal or do you want well, to? Let's uh, just go ahead and go to the next slide because that's going to tell you right here it is, Snowflake's data cloud. Uh, Snowflake, S-N-O-W. So, you yep. know, yep. as I uh, mentioned to everybody in the LinkedIn, uh, is it true that winter's coming? Well, think about Snowflake. Um, you know, think about uh, the fact that they're in this cloud. There's thousands of organizations that have um, used their products. And part of this is that the AI tools that are being developed right now um, are all surrounding data sets. And so when you have that large amount of data, it gets really expensive to keep it in-house. And so the cloud and the cloud servers is really where you need to uh, you know, make sure that your data is being resident in. So they have the optimized storage. They do a lot of cloud services. Um, they have performance optimizations. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that they're doing that is is kind of difficult to describe exactly without having a lot of technical um, discussion around it. Um, if we go to the next slide, see they have a lot of AI, um, collaborations, applications, data engineering, data warehouse, other uh, data lake, Unistore, cybersecurity. As you were mentioning about uh, cyber issues, that's another big issue too, is you know what happens if your data gets uh, captured and you have to pay a ransom to get it back. So Snowflake is also going to provide a lot of um, security around the workloads. Um, 
but also too, what they do with their tools is they allow a lot of analytics to be formed on data. So another way to think about just uh, benefits from this is although they have thousands and thousands of customers, a lot of those customers are looking for additional tools to understand their own data. So what ends up happening is if they try to do this themselves, they would have to build those tools. Now what they can do is they can download the data from their organization into the Snowflake cloud, and then they can do the analytics on it. So for instance, they might say, tell us uh, a trend on what we're selling of these products. And they can filter that in and then get that analytics and report put back to them. So if you think about what this can do, it can allow a lot more um, you know, a lot more activity around AI and uh, and also to benefit quite a bit from it because as AI gets adopted in those organizations that are their customers, it's going to benefit Snowflake as well. Absolutely. The, these guys are pretty amazing, their technology. Um, they, they cross space. So, you know, they whether you're on uh, AWS or Azure or wherever you're in the cloud, you can be in any one or any number of those locations, and they will they will span across that and, and consolidate and coordinate that that data flow. Um, just just a, a really a really great company, and it and it reminds me that one of the powers of AI is the ability to churn through data at phenomenal volumes and speed, and see trends and patterns and anticipate what's next and that's where the value is going to come in for snow is that they have all this data all this data flow all this control and it, it can be in a number of areas right it's not just on uh, it could be predictive on the sales side it could also be on the inventory and the and the order optimi- reorder optimization it could be on things like security um, you know users user hacking phishing you know all the nefarious activity um, on the security side the, 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 snow's use of AI is going to just I think it's going to take it to a whole nother level. Well, you know, the thing is, is that when they first started out, um, there might have been a question about why are you going in this multi-cloud strategy? And, you know, is that going to hurt you? Because the Snowflake environment allows you to operate on multiple cloud providers. So you could be, as you were mentioning, you could be on AWS, Azure, Google Cloud. But you, this allows the customers to choose whatever cloud platform that suits their specific needs but then they can also use the um, Snowflake data sets uh, in their, and their software to do their analytics. So the fact that they're cloud agnostic actually is a really good thing. Um, you're not beholden to whatever that other uh, will provide to you because you only have their set of tools. So what we have here, you have the best of all worlds. It also helps to reduce a vendor loss and where, you know, if you're using, like, for instance, let's just say Microsoft, you're pretty much locked in doing just Microsoft with, um, you know, with their offerings there. Right. Um, you also get to take uh, advantages then if there's certain uh, products that are um, really important to incorporate into the environment. You can do that fairly easy with uh, Snowflake. So you can then um, get cost optimization. You can get better pricing. Um, the other thing, too, is that... Uh, with the governance control that you have and their security, you get a lot better data sovereignty and compliance. 
Um, so if you're talking about what is the difference between Europe and the U.S. and the requirements, Snowflake can handle that. Um, And the fact that they are, yeah. Yeah, GDPR, right, in the EU. And then California is, I forget the initials for that, the alphabet suit, but California has its own thing and more states are adopting this. So being able to implement those controls um, is super important. And, And the other thing too is that if we think about what's happening with AI, there's a lot of thought that there needs to be regulation, which is going to be very difficult to do. And it's going to be very, um, it's going to take some very sharp minds to understand AI in the first place in order to say how it should be regulated. But as we do that, what will happen is this governance capability that Snowflake has will allow them to comply um, for all the regulatory requirements, whatever they are. They'll be able to adjust to that. Um, Another thing too is that you have, one of the big benefits of being in the cloud is just disaster recovery and redundancy. So you'll be able to um, have disaster recovery. Uh, you can replicate your data across cloud providers or even regions that come is going to ensure business continuity. Yep. Another and, thing too. And, 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 in that space, real quick insert here. In that space, there's companies who do this already. Like, you know, let's think of like an Akamai. But they're pretty, si- compared to Snow, they're pretty siloed. Right. They're, they stay in a very narrow lane, whereas snow is is touching all these other areas. So you're getting the concept of disaster recovery and redundancy that you get in other companies, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So, I, I yeah, it's a great, great positioning. Yeah. You know, the other thing, too, is that it does lead to potentially some complexities. So you really have to plan if you're going to use other platforms, you have to plan about how it integrates into yeah. the Snowflake environment. But um the success that they've had with the customer shows that it can work and will work in many uh, solutions. So they can grow. I think that the revenue growth alone demonstrates how popular the program is and how successful it is. So the AI benefits themselves are just going to, you know, end up helping them even more. I mean, some of those things uh, we've talked about before, but um, you know, one of the things about it is that, when you start bringing AI algorithms into the Snowflake environment, you're able to automate and optimize data integration, and you can find data relationships, you can perform data mapping, uh, you can transform the data more efficiently, and that's going to really reduce the time and effort that's uh, required to prepare the data for analysis. And then you can apply the algorithms that you're writing and specify in great detail what you're looking for and then just two of the AI tools, as the AI tools are being applied and they see the type of queries that you're making and they have your data set, they may be able to also provide you with recommendations. So imagine this, you're sitting there just doing your work and AI tools are looking at what you've been doing and starting to recognize the pattern and say, you know what, I noticed that over here you have a certain amount of inventory that's not moving. Have you considered to do a data series query set on this? And then, you know, it's going to recommend that. So you're going to have those tools that allow um, the customers to benefit. And again, once you talked before about the stickiness of the Snowflake um, data cloud, and the thing about it is once you have the solution working, what's going to get you to move away? It's going to be really hard. It's your whole business is dri- driven and dependent on it, right? So you have data security and compliance. Um, also quality of your data. I mean, if, if they start, if the AI tools start to identify that you need to improve your data collections, it'll give those recommendations to you. 
And then the biggest thing about this, and one of the things that um, that I think is going to be one of the um, real important drivers from AI is going to be the predictive analytics. When you can start to use predictive analytics in your business, do I have any cyclicity at all in my business? Do I need to change my inventory levels? Do I need to change my pricing based on other things that I'm seeing in the market? Um, so predictive analytics are part of the services of Snowflake and uh, customers are going to be able to use machine learning models on their data directly within the Snowflake environment. So that's really a big benefit from the, for AI for them. Um, another thing too is that uh, we have a lot of this natural language processing and that's going to allow users to interact with their data warehouse um, use natural language inquiries. So that's going to make it a lot easier to just find what you're looking for. So when you have uh, AI-powered NLP, you're going to be able to understand and interpret the user questions, and you're going to be able to generate SQL queries or visualizations accordingly. And we talked before in, um, in the earlier, I think it was in Roblox, where we talked about visualizations and talked about market visualizations where you can say, I'm looking for this product, and all of a sudden on your screen, you're going to see all kinds of pictures of those types of products. That visualization can be done with customers of Snowflake as well. So they'll look at their entire data sets and say, these are the products you offer. If you are interested in this product, you might be interested in the following products. So that'll be real interesting to, to see. Um, yeah, I doing, think another do, thing. Doing that natural natural language, I think mm -hmm. this is the this is the difference in conventional search. You know, the Borlean mm -hmm. search process and where you have to type stuff in um, versus how AI is going to change that. So the user experience is going to get very different, much easier. And I think what that's going to lead to is a deeper customer engagement and entrenchment with the products and services, which going back to what you were saying earlier, makes this customer base much more sticky. And uh, this has been historically one of the areas where Snow has been really good at. And that is they'll, they'll get a customer in the door on a particular feature or function. And then once they're in and they're using it, they'll cross sell them into other features and functions and upsell them. And the customer upgrades and they keep they, they, that customer becomes a larger and larger monthly recurring revenue, uh, uh, the, the piece of the monthly recurring revenue, which is how that model works best, right? Subscription models. So the natural language piece combined with AI, I think, uh, as you just mentioned, is super powerful, super important. You know, don't don't overlook that one. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, man, you've covered probably like what ten things already. I'm sure you got a couple more. What else you got? <laughs> Well, another thing, too, about the AI tools that is really interesting is um, what's known as anomaly detection. And so what that is, is the AI monitors your system, it monitors the data, and it looks for anomalies that indicate that there's an issue with either the data processing or the availability. Um, and it's a proactive approach. The other thing, too, is that it can also identify when something doesn't seem to fit into the patterns of your business. So as an example, if all of a sudden you're seeing a very large amount of increase in, let's say, payables or a very large increase in um, 
the receivables, et cetera, it's going to be able to look at that and say, you know, is there an issue that's happening within the business that you're not aware of? Is there some sort of a trend? Um, you know, because what that can do is it can identify operational inefficiencies. So those can be detected much earlier through AI because, you know, of course, being in the world of finance and in the world of accounting, you've seen how many times whenever finally when the numbers come out, people go, wait a minute, what's going on, right? And all of a sudden they're like, hey, we think we have an issue. And they might also be able to identify that something isn't selling in the way that it sold in the past. So these anomaly uh, detection capabilities is also another uh, area where it's going to be very beneficial for um, AI tools within um, Snowflake. Uh, the other thing, and we've talked about this before on chatbots and customer support, that's another area that's going to be improved quite a bit through AI. Virtual assistant, helping them on customer support, buying quick responses to queries, helping customers navigate the uh, platform more effectively. So efficiency, performance in the data, warehousing, analytics service, um, customers are going to have data management, better capabilities to understand their data sets. And this can lead to customer satisfaction while staying competitive in the evolving cloud market because this is a competitive area. And there's a lot of companies that are trying to, to land those customers. But Snowflake seems to have a very good positioning and also a very good understanding of AI and how it can benefit their business and they're building towards it. So again, as a, this fit the criteria and looking at the company itself and looking at how they were adopting AI, the thing that really jumped out um, in the research was how far ahead they actually are. Um, you know, what we're talking about here is what we can see, what's publicly available. But whenever you're on the ground talking to people and asking them about how are you actually doing things within this environment and hearing some of their stories, um, there's a lot that's happening in Snowflake that we may not even understand for quite some time. So, um, again, AI driving benefits for them in the market is uh, how they came to be the third in this series. And um, I think that uh, that's the recommendation. To recap, we identified were Roblox, uh, Shopify, and now Snowflake. And I don't know if you saw the IPO that came out today. All right. Um, how I, that benefits I, uh, Shopify? I saw a news flash on that. I haven't had a chance to read deeply, but um, uh, t tell us a little. Have you had a chance to look into that more? I just saw the headline. Um, well, the, I think the the main thing about the IPO is that they have a good partnership um, with them, and I think that that just is going to benefit Shopify um, somewhere to the tune of like two hundred and some million. And I don't want to uh, I don't want to go into too much detail about IPOs because it's not the thing to be excited about. I think the thing to be excited about is just the fact that seeing a lot of the ways that these companies are all benefiting from AI and uh, to, to really kind of start to take note of that as a driver. And these companies that have been identified in the series seem to be ahead. And why are they ahead? It's because they understand what the adoption of AI will be. And, um, you know, and I think that's really important. Uh, another thing today, as an example, one of the recruiters from uh, Roblox was in a, um, 
in a virtual meeting today and was talking about some of the things happening at, at Roblox and was talking about just uh, AI in general. But um, through the middle of the presentation, they listed seven jobs we're trying to fill. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of opportunities uh, for people that are getting more immersed in the market. And again, one of the things that we've talked about in Avoid Crisis is that in order to avoid crisis, you have to analyze and you have to um, go through the process of making a decision and finally acting. One of the things we're saying you need to analyze is you need to analyze AI and how it's going to impact you and your career and your future. There's going to be winners and losers, and you want to make sure you're on the right side of that fence. Great, so. great point. It, it, it's going to take time for this displacement to happen. And it's not going to be like overnight, boom, a bunch of, you know, one of the ones that they keep talking about that I hear is customer service support people. Another one is um, bookkeepers and accountants, that AI is going to be able to learn all this stuff and do all the do all that work for them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it might take them five, six years. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. But the second thing is, is but what's going to happen in the meanwhile, and that is the companies are going to have to hire people who have knowledge and expertise of that job and knowledge and know how to use AI. And they're going to be that bridge between this transition. So if you are, and there's a bunch of data out there doing internet searches about which profession, which professions are deemed to be the most at risk. If you're in one of those, you should be on the fast track to learn as much as you can about AI and be searching for jobs that integrate your skill set with the use of AI. And that will keep you relevant through this, say, three, two, two, three, five-year transitionary period and get you, you know, hopefully hold you over for, you know, another decade of career time. But, um, you know, uh, there is going to be huge displacement with AI. Um, there's, like we said at the beginning, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And it's both in a career professional side and it's also from an investment side. So uh, great, great, uh, great series, Alan. I love, I love talking about this. And no doubt, just for our listeners' benefit as well, because we've talked offline about there are lots of other companies who are going to be winners in this. And there's lots of others who are going to be losers from an investment perspective. I think the fundamental thing that I got out of this is if you think about the commonality of these three, and they seem really different, right? Roblox, Shopify, Snow. It's like, what the heck? Data. They have huge volumes of data flowing through them. And AI's ability to munch on that data and to notice anomalies, to increase security, to make it easier to find things, to make it easier customer experience, et cetera. That's where this is at. So if you're looking for things, think about that. Think about the data and the data flow. Yeah, you know, so just kind of going back and some of the other differences there, you know, with Roblox, you have 65 million daily users and they get immersed into that platform and they're being introduced to products and sponsors through that platform and through the gamification and the AI tools that are being created, um, that's only going to grow. You look at just uh, Shopify um, and they had the IPO that they backed today, Clavio, that just came out. It jumped up 32% today. Um, just kind of shows you how intelligent they've been with their adoption and investments. And uh, so they have an immediate windfall of maybe $250 million to the bottom line. 
coming through from that uh, IPO. But that isn't even in comparison to how much they're going to benefit from the shopping experiences that consumers are going to have on their platform. And you're also seeing how they're growing and they just had the tie up with Amazon. Now you go to Snowflake and you go up to the corporate level with data sets. So you have the individuals that are participants, then you have the consumer that's participant, and now you have the corporate. Um, so we covered a lot of the different grounds in the whole world of AI and its adoption. And, uh, you know, these benefiters that are being chosen are being chosen after a significant amount of review of what they do and comparing them to other companies before they make the list. So um, hopefully people are, are seeing that uh, these have the natural alignment where AI as a tailwind is going to be the tailwind that pushes this boat to a new <laughs> new location. I'm not going to say where that's going to be, but, uh, you know, something to review and think about. Sounds great. Um, I think we're coming around the corner here to wrap up uh, this episode, Alan. Um, for our listeners, our, our next broadcast is going to be in a couple weeks. We're going every other week at this point. And so that is going to be uh, Wednesday, October the 4th. We are scheduled for 1 o'clock. Um, and uh, anything else, Alan, to add? Yeah. How do, how do people contact us and send us uh, recommendations of things they'd like to hear? Absolutely. There you go. So it's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at avoidcrisis.com is Alan's email address. And Alan, why don't you give him mine? Rays is R-E-Y at avoidcrisis.com. All right. Sounds great. Thank you for listening, everybody. We look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Bye-bye.